Welcome to the Leasing Leah podcast. Each week, I interview someone new and spectacular from the property management industry to help you learn more about marketing, leasing, operations, maintenance, and much more. Subscribe where you listen to your podcast and visit me on Instagram at Leasing Leah to submit questions or topic ideas. Let's get this podcast started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Leasing Leah podcast. This episode will be my first episode solo. So thank you guys for hanging with me through this as I venture out into the solo world. Hopefully this will be one of my few solo podcasts because I do really like bouncing off of people, but lots of people have asked me for a solo podcast. So here it is. Um, A couple of things before we get started, I wanted to let everyone know about the new website that the Facebook group, Apartment Management and Maintenance, has started, which is pmamgroup.com, which is propertymanagementandmaintenancegroup.com. There you can submit jobs. It's going to have a blog. So head on over there after you get finished um, listening to the podcast, and especially if you're driving Make sure you add it to your bookmarks and favorites. Submit your jobs when you have them. Awesome. So as we get started, these were some questions that were submitted to me from people on the Facebook group. So I'm going to get started for people who may be just joining and don't know who I am. My name is Leah. The company is Leasing Leah. So I have been in property management for about 17 years in conventional and mostly student. So now I'm in consulting. So I do mostly marketing and consulting for student and conventional now. I'm in the Midwest um, and travel to and from properties. So um, mostly I do um, anything marketing, advertising, social media, web design, um, graphic design, um, pay-per-click, lease-ups, all that stuff, brain development. So if you guys have any questions about that, let me know. Um, So that leads me to my first question, which was how do you juggle multiple property initiatives and keep teams motivated? Which at the time, currently I have about um, nine student housing properties and anywhere between six and 10 consulting properties, depending on how you look at things. So the consulting properties are mostly conventional and um, most of my, all my other stuff is student. So just to kind of tell you guys how I start my day. And I want to preface this by saying, you know, if you listen to a lot of these self-help people on Instagram or, you know, and I'm a big fan of Gary Vee and all these people, but, you know, they all say, don't check your email first thing, or um, I wake up at 4am or half my day's already gone. You know, take some of those things when you listen to people, pick what you like and what you don't like. Um, I read my email first thing. So I usually wake up, I wake up about eight. And I read my email very first thing. That's what lets me know, you know, if I have something very urgent that I need to take care of, or if I can go about my to-do list that I usually have set from the night before. Um, So if there's something urgent, of course, I'll get right on that. 
Um, and then, you know, I try to see if I've got any conference calls for the day. Now I'm big on trying to minimize my conference calls. I know if you're on site, you don't have a lot of say so in that. If somebody says, Hey, you gotta be on a conference call. You gotta be on a conference call. I would prefer to be on a webinar where I'm actually learning something or, you know, I, you know, I try not to be in the, the conference call for, any more amount of time than I need to be rather be doing something productive. Um, so after that, you know, I hop on my computer and Tuesdays through most times Fridays, I'm traveling to properties. So how do I juggle multiple, multiple property initiatives and keeps team, keep teams motivated. So, you know, I set weekly and monthly goals for my sites. Um, we talk weekly on our calls so that is our one call that I require all of my properties to be on. And we each go through and we talk about if we reached our goals, if we didn't, why, what we could do. And then we all share, you know, what's one idea for the properties that need ideas, what's something that they shared good and bad from the week. Um, so, you know, I will share that when I started very early in this industry, we used to have those calls and they would be kind of like beat up calls. Um, and I used to dread them so badly. Like, you know, they would just be so depressing and, you know, why didn't you make your goals? And it was just so awful. And that just made you even more or less likely to not want to get out there and do the job. So... I tend to be more of a cheerleader than a drill sergeant. So um, I feel like if somebody is drowning, throw a life preserver to them. So that that tends to be my personality type. So um, I like to keep people motivated. I like to, you know, I will be the one that sends the cards to them. Or if they've done something great that week, I'll send them just a random gift card that wasn't, you know, part of their bonus or um, just little stuff like that. Um, I really appreciate and know how hard it is because I've worked every position except for maintenance, which I also know is a very hard position. So, you know, I've worked every position on the way up. So I understand what it's like to be every one of them. So, and I also still go when I'm on site, I don't just sit on my computer. So I, you know, when I go to a property, I, can lease the apartments. I go on tours. I will, you know, walk apartments, you know, everything. So I think also people do not dread me coming to their properties, which is um, nice. You know, for instance, right now, um, people are asking when I'm coming to their property instead of, you know, I don't think they just want to know so that they can prepare. They really, they, they like when we come because we help. So I think that that goes out to people that, you know, are regionals that travel. Don't just go to a property and sit behind your computer. It's you can do that at home. When you get to a property, be of assistance. Know your properties. It's hard to memorize everybody's prices. So have your pro have your properties have a price sheet that's easy for you so that if you're if you're um, there, you can jump in and do leasing so that, you know, they can take a lunch break that they might not take, which they should be during the week um, and help them, help them tour, help them do leasing, help them write leases, help them close, help them sign leases, um, help maintenance, help, you know, 
help maintenance clean a unit one day. That would, you know, there's nothing that I don't do when I go on a site to this day. Um, I usually almost always go in relatively comfortable clothes so that there's nothing I can't do while I'm there. Um, I'm usually sweating by the end of the day, no matter where I'm at. So, um, and I think that that says a lot for my teams that know that when I'm coming, that it's going to be a change. So, all right. So moving on from that and also what, you know, we set our goals. So, and also I know my audience, um, I know that my consulting people are a little bit older. Um, so they're usually conventional properties and my student housing, they're a little bit younger. So I know there is a little bit of a difference how they, they, they're just, you know, younger and older crowds. I just know how to, how to talk to them a little bit differently. They, sometimes they work later, sometimes they work earlier. It's just, you know, knowing your audience, I think is very important. And also, um, and to help me keep organized, I use Asana. Um, I need something digital to remind me of things I put in to, to do. So if I put in, Hey, I need to remind myself in 15 days to do this. Asana will do that. Um, and I also used a mobile and a physical planner. I couldn't to this day do without both of those. I know that that sounds old school, but I'm still a physical planner kind of girl. Um, I, I carry it everywhere with me. So find the one that you love. And I think that, and I, I forget what the statistic is, but there's some statistic out there. You guys can look it up, but um, a certain percentage of things that you write down, you're more likely to do. And I don't think that that goes for typing. So um, if you write down not only something that you're supposed to do, but um, also your goals, you're more likely to accomplish them. So writing down something that you're supposed to do, you're less likely to forget it. Um, that's less likely if you type it into your phone. So, okay, moving on to the next question. And some of these things I won't go into super detail about because I'm more into the marketing world than I am the operations world. I've been in it, but it's just not as exciting to me, but um, I will cover the topics as best as possible. So um, overcoming negative reviews. So this gets brought up a lot in the Facebook group. And for anybody that's wondering what the name of the Facebook group is, it is Apartment Management and Maintenance Support Group. So if you're not a member, head on over there and request to join and make sure you um, fill out all of the questions when asked to join. So when you um, get negative reviews, the first thing is to respond to it. Never just say, oh, I'm just going to ignore that one. Um, the One of the best books in response to this is Jay Bear's Hug Your Haters. Um, I really um, encourage people to... If you're in this industry and plan to be on the, in this industry, which I hope a lot of you are, this is one of the best books. And he's one of the best um, speakers for people in this industry. It's, and I'll link him. Um, I'll find a way that you guys can link this um, on the PMAMgroup.com. So you guys can find the stuff there. Um, but he's great. 
but he talks a lot about hugging your haters. So don't just say, okay, well, they just left me a negative review. I'm going to ignore it. And also don't get angry. I know it's very, very typical. And I understand because I take things personally myself. Um, You know, we all work very, very hard. We're like, oh, and we take it personally because, you know, if we didn't, we wouldn't be doing a great job, I think. So, um, but try not to, or at least take a couple of steps back, but do try to respond within the day. But also if you're heated about it, don't respond immediately. Take some, take some deep breaths, go for a walk. Um, you might even want to write out your response via email and send it to a couple people and ask them what their thoughts are. If you're the person that is responsible for responding to reviews. Um, now, I'm responsible for responding to all of my properties' reviews, but I also ask my sites if there is a negative review. I'll ask them, hey, what's going on with this one? Can you guys give me a heads up on what's going on? So um might be good if you guys reach out to your marketing teams and say, hey, can we be in the loop on our reviews? So, um, but respond immediately. And if you are responsible, take responsibility and apologize and resolve the issue. So, you know, if it's something that can be resolved and they're still living there, resolve it and follow through and make sure that you do what you say you're going to do. And then if you resolve it and follow through, then ask them to, you know, take down the review or revise it. Um, There's a great likelihood that they're going to be impressed with your, you know, initiative and they will revise their review. I've seen it happen a lot of times. So another question that has been asked is how do we deal with fake reviews, fake Google reviews? So Google has a, an algorithm that is set up to look for certain words that are um, picked out as fake reviews. So those are going to be automatic. And you can also flag your reviews. The more flags from different people, the better. Now, it's not going to count if it's from the same person. It's also not going to help if it's from the same IP address which usually means the same location. Um, So, and then also whoever the Google My Business account holder is, they can log in and they can request a call from Google and they can discuss it. So if there is something that is breaking Google's terms of service on the reviews, they will remove it. So if you want to, I'll try to, well, I will, I'll link the um, Google terms of service on reviews on the pmamgroup.com website under podcasts. So you guys can go there and read what makes um, a Google review removable. And like I said, the more people that flag it as inappropriate, the better. So, and if it, um, you cannot review your competition, that's one of them. You cannot review as a past employee. That's another one. So there's several that are um, that make it um, against Google's terms of service. So um, that's kind of Google's. And then Facebook's are similar, um, but it is a lot harder to get Facebook's removed. I don't know if it's just because 
And then I will say Google or Facebook is, is moving away from the star reviews and into a recommended or not recommended. And it's also not really um, working quite correctly yet. Um, it will not really take into account whether you recommend it or not. And it will just leave what they say. So I could really not like some some place and I will leave the review and it will say that I recommended them. So it's not really foolproof yet, but they are moving away from the stars. So I think that's really, really good because um, I don't I don't think that the star reviews are ever are almost ever legitimate. Um, it's very rare. Um, and then also on Google, you know, the fake reviewers, that's, I don't, you're not supposed to be a fake person leaving a review. Um, it's harder to prove though. So, um, that's something to keep in mind. But, um, again, Facebook is moving away from the stars. So you shouldn't even see that anymore. You should see, you should start seeing recommended versus not recommended. So, and there are ways on Facebook to remove remove reviews completely, but you would not still be able to be labeled as a property management company. So that kind of takes away a lot of your um, recognition as a property management company. So, but there are ways. Um, I think one of them is being a band slash venue, but um, that's probably, or a film, I think but that's not probably what you guys want to be listed as. So, but there are ways and then ways to get positive reviews. So in my opinion, there are lots and lots of ways. Um, obviously you don't want to get fake reviews. There's really no point. Um, and Yelp is probably the best place about getting rid of the fake reviews. They are really good at cutting those out. So I would not try to get those there. Um, modern message is this industry's, um, leader for, um, it's gamification for, um, review, it's gamification for the industry. So let's just say, for example, I lived at the Gables. Um, I would be able to download the app on my phone and I would get to earn 50 points for leaving a review on Facebook. I would. I cannot leave that review anonymously. I have to log in through my Facebook. So I'm less likely to leave a scathing review. I'm also not leaving it um, when I'm angry. I'm leaving it because I'm playing a game. So it's, you know, you're getting those good reviews then. So it's really, I can tell you, I use it at all of my properties and the amount of positive reviews is enormous. Um, you can add anything out there on Modern Message. You can add apartment ratings. You can add Yelp. You can add Google, Facebook, anything you want. And you can also do um, resident event attendance. So let's just say you're having a resident event and you want people to come to your resident event. So um, at your resident event, you would put up the word, let's say frog, you'd put it up in the window. Well, everybody that comes to the resident event would see the word frog and they would type it into their modern message and they would get 50 points. So 
a certain amount of points on Modern Message get you gift cards. And they're automatically distributed. You don't have to log in and distribute them. You can, but um, they're automatically distributed. Like Amazon, um, I'm not sure what all of them are. We, I think we almost always choose Amazon. I think they can choose themselves now, actually. So, um, But there's all kinds of great gift cards in there. I think their first one is a $5 gift card and it's amazingly easy to get. So, and then your resident of the month gets a gift card. So they're really competitive, really. So they're always playing this game each month that resets, except for their like, you know, annual points, but it resets for resident of the month. So they're always playing the game. You can add new things. So it's really great. I really love the tool. Um, it's, uh, Fantastic. If you guys have questions, you can message me. I'll put you in contact with the right person. Also, we use RentGrata, which is R-E-N-T-G-R-A-T-A, which is a, a pretty neat tool. It goes on your website. So anyone that lives at your property can lock, can sign up and they will be able to be your ambassadors, essentially. And it says when they log in, there's like little bubbles at the bottom of your website. And it says, hey, I live here. Ask me questions. So they would um, be essentially trying to earn their resident referral credit down there. So um, let's just say I'm looking for an apartment and I click on their names and I say, hey, what's it like living here? And that person will be obviously trying to earn $50 rent credit and they'll say, hey, it's great. You know, they have great resident events. Um, My roommates are great, whatever. Um, And so you know, the more people that sign up, the better. And whenever someone does sign up, you send them an automated email that says, hey, you earned your resident referral. And then it has a place for them to click links to leave a review. And then they're more inclined to leave a review that says, hey, this is so awesome. I just earned 50 bucks at this place um, by using Rent Grotus because they want people to Um, choose them on Rent Grotto so they're more likely to leave a review. So it's been really cool for us both getting resident referrals and getting um, resident reviews. So it's been a two-edged sword there. It's been pretty cool. So um, really neat. So those are my tips on resident reviews. Um, I probably have a couple more but those are what I have for now. Um, And then someone asked tips for new property manager. And that kind of spurred me to make a graphic that's on my Instagram. And my Instagram is leasing Leah. And I made a list of things and I had a couple more that I was going to add to that. But um, so, um, excuse me, a couple things that I had for tips for new property managers is join all the free webinars. So um, for instance, Sprout Marketing has fantastic free webinars, um, free Facebook lives, um, and they are all about property management. They uh, just recently had one that was a marketing playbook. So, and that was free. So make sure you are following anyone industry related that can help you. So Sprout Marketing is one. Um, I think they are Facebook Sprout Marketing. And, you know, think about your mentors, find a mentor. So if you're in the Facebook group, find someone that you you really think knows their knowledge. Or 
in your company, find someone that has been doing what they're doing for a while or find someone that's doing the job that you want to be doing and ask them, hey, you know, I really like the job you're doing. Would you mind being my mentor or would you mind if I asked you a couple of questions along the way? I mean, who doesn't want to be asked that? Who doesn't want to hear, would you mind being my mentor? Nobody, trust me. So I think anyone would be flattered by that. So, but find the right person, you know, make sure you choose wisely and make sure that you're like, okay, this person works hard. They're really putting in the time. They put in the effort and, and find a mentor that you really, you know, think you can learn stuff from and, you know, ask them questions along the way. I mean, essentially that's a consultant. So do that. That's my, my best advice for you. I would follow property manage, hashtag property manager on Instagram and all of the other, you know, similar ones like property managers, plural, um, property management. Follow all those things on Instagram. Also follow your competition on Instagram. Follow, if you're a class B property, follow a class A property, follow a class C property in another city, in your city. Um, you know, follow like the, the best of the best, follow a few notches down so that you can see what everybody's doing. You know, you don't have to do what everybody's doing, but it just, it will always give you ideas. I can't tell you how many ideas I've gotten from Instagram. Um, read the book eviction. Um, the book eviction is written by Matthew Desmond. I really recommend this to anyone in the property management industry. It's also on audiobook, so you can also listen to it if you are driving to work. So it's also there. But I highly recommend that. It really helps you understand what people are going through when you are doing your job. And not to always think, Hey, it's the 13th, get out and not, you know, it it gives you a different, it's a real, it's a true story. It's real life. And, you know, it gives you a little bit of backstory on once the eviction process starts for someone, what it's like ever getting back on your feet. So I really do recommend that to anyone in this industry. The next one is take your lunch break. I will preach this until I retire, I suppose. Um, You know, I'll never forget. I can't remember who said it to me, but um, there was never an award given out at the company conference for um, least lunch breaks taken. You know, you're never going to get ahead by working through your lunch break. You are hangry. You are less, you have less concentration. You, I mean, you're tired. You're looking towards, you know, five, six o'clock. Everybody, do you remember when you worked at your first job? Maybe, I don't know, Target, CVS, whatever. And you looked forward to that one hour lunch break you got because you got to get off your feet and, who knows back in the day it was read a book or whatever, look at your phone for an hour. Those still should be what you look forward to. You should still, even if you don't live on site or you don't live close to home and you don't want to eat out every day, there's still places you can go. You can go to 
the library. You can go to, you know, you can go to a park. You can, there's all kinds of places. You can, if you have a clubhouse, you can go to the clubhouse. You, uh, I'll try to think of a list of places you guys can go that are free if you bring your lunch with you. But take your lunch break. It's yours. You deserve it. You guys work a million hours and you deserve it so much. And you'll be so much better at the end of your day if you take that lunch break. Even if you give yourself 30 minutes and lock your door, do that. Take your lunch breaks. I cannot, you know... And put on Netflix on your on your computer at, at work and tell your office staff, hey, I'm not in the office. If you have blinds on your door, you know, I'm going downhill from what I really suggest. But I'm just saying, at least if you do something, do these things. Okay. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, you know, some property managers that I've worked with like to appear like they, I don't know, either know everything or... I, maybe that's the the situation that they are afraid to ask questions. I've never been, a, I've, I don't think I've been too intimidating to answer their questions, but ask the questions, ask all the questions. If you, if you feel like you have too many questions, write them all down and put them in one email. Um, trust me when I say owners ask me way more emails than my property managers do. Um, and they're way more difficult to answer. Um, so ask all of the questions. If you think it's too tiny to ask, I promise you it's not. Uh, we'd rather you ask than you not ask. Um, ask all the questions. Um, and one thing that I didn't put on here is I know everybody hates the online learning that you take, but please make sure that your staffs are utilizing some form of online learning, whether you know, I won't go through all of them, but, you know, at least they're taking sexual harassment training, fair housing training, all of those things. Um, if your company doesn't offer it, there should be something that is a paper class or an annual membership that isn't super expensive. But I see so many um, situations where I think one class could have prevented some pretty crazy things from happening. So make sure that those things are done. Um, make sure that the classes are, are being taken. And one of the other things is don't be afraid to cry on your way home. So I almost put on here, don't be afraid to cry in the office, <clears throat> but I, and I, I really almost did because I'll never forget when I was first a property manager, I cried <clears throat> and my regional said that, you know, it was, I should never cry in front of um, anybody, anybody ever. And actually I wasn't, I was just crying in front of her, but um, I just don't agree with that mentality. Um, my gosh, this industry is very, very hard. And no, I don't think that we should probably sit in, at our desks and boo-hoo. We should probably, who wants to cry in front of everybody anyway? But, you know, there's some pretty harsh stuff that happens in this industry. So I don't think that we should um, belittle or uh, belittle anyone that, that cries or feels like crying in this industry during the day. Um, if you want to hang on to it until you cry on the way home, I completely understand that too. But 
Um, you know, on top of everything that's going on at work, we're also dealing with, you know, full lives at home. So we all need to keep that in mind because we also deal with sometimes a thousand people's families at work and not to mention what could be going on with our own family. So, you know, it's okay to have a million emotions at work sometimes. And even though, and I know this is a question that someone brought up about um, masculinity and stuff like that, even though there are a lot of males in this industry and I've seen men cry, trust me, um, don't be afraid, male or woman, man or woman to cry regardless. I mean, if you need to excuse yourself, whatever, but um, I've seen a lot in 17 years. So um, I hope that doesn't scare anybody away because, but I mean, you know, we, we deal with people's everyday lives. So um, there can be a lot, but that's my thing. Don't be afraid to cry on your way home or, you know, take your lunch break and cry if you need to every once in a while, or take a yoga class on your lunch break, whatever, but take your lunch break. That's my, my biggest thing. So, um, all right. What else can I get to while I'm still here? Um, so one thing that people are mentioning a lot are fake pay stubs. I'm not going to go into this a lot because it's definitely not my specialty. We don't deal with pay stubs a lot in student, which is what I am um, in mostly. Um, I will share a website with you guys on our website, which is pmamgroup.com. I want to make sure you guys get that. Um, but it is on Landlordology's site. And I'll run over these with you guys. But I think the easiest thing for you guys to do, if you think that you have a fake paycheck stub, is to request Form 4506 from the IRS. Um, that can be the easiest thing. Um, and I'll share this with you guys really quickly. Back in the day when we first started, um, we didn't even really get paycheck stubs from people. We just, um, we requested that we could call their employer. And although that may not have been, I think maybe we did get um, paycheck subs too. I'm not super sure. It's been a while ago, but we always called their employer too. So if you don't do that, I would definitely call their employer to verify. And I know that you can also set somebody up to be the employer to answer. But what I would do is, you know, maybe have someone call that employer right after to see if they still answer the same way. So um, just some, you know, just something to check out. And then you can ask them to look at their bank account statements to see if the deposits that they um, have on their paycheck steps match their bank account. So that's really, those are two really good easy ones to look at because, you know, obviously if they try to say, well, I cashed them. Okay. Well, that's kind of out the window, but I don't think too many people are cashing checks these days anymore. But um, that's a good one to look at their bank account statement. And then you can request a W-2 from, the, from their employer. So I will, um, again, link this website that has it on there. And again, this is definitely not my specialty because we don't, we don't do income verification for students. So 
Um, I hate that you guys are running into this so much. And I actually have seen where you guys have shared posts about people selling these. And I just cannot believe that this day has come that we're, we're dealing with that. So that is amazing to me. So I hate that you guys are out there dealing with that. Um, so hopefully, you know, it's probably going to come down to everything being one big automated system where everybody has to verify employment through one thing. So, you know, it'll probably become very time consuming, unfortunately. So hopefully um, that gets better eventually. Um, and I think lastly, I will talk about resident events and resident event involvement. So resident events are probably one of my favorite things. Um, I love resident events. I try to, in student housing, at least on, for me, my properties, we try to do three events per month. And we try to do smaller events um, so we don't break the bank. Um, I should have actually printed out what we were doing this month at some of my properties, but I can also, I'm happy, happy to let you guys know some, I'll give you guys a calendar for what we do. But um, what we do is a um, couple of things. Annually, we do a marketing plan. So we all get together as a company and we brainstorm. So we get together and say, hey, what were your most successful events last year? And for us in student housing, bar none, it was um, uh, grocery bingo. No matter what grocery bingo, we get the most um, attendance at. Don't know why, I guess because it's free groceries and playing bingo. So, you know, but anyway, we, we sit down, we talk about what was your most attended events and we plug them into our calendars. And then also what we do is um, we take our Sprout marketing calendars and we look at national holidays and we also poll our residents. We poll our residents through Modern Message so that they are able to earn points so they're less like, or they're more likely to answer us. Um, so we'll ask them, "Hey, what do you guys want to do this month, or what do you guys want to do next month?" And we'll give them three options or four options, and obviously that's what we'll do. Um, so you're going to have obviously more attendance at what your residents vote on. You know, people that are sitting. Trust me when I say everybody in the office will have an opinion on what you should do as an event but they're not the ones that live there mostly or, and, or they're not the overall representation of what lives at your property. So you need, and you can always send out a resident survey via MailChimp to all of your residents. Give, you know, give a, um, give a gift card to two people, give a drawing to two people that return their surveys and ask them what they want to do, you know, as events. And they're probably going to come up with some fantastic events. Don't just have it bullet pointed. Give them lines to, to write in what they'd like to do. And they're going to come up with some amazing things. You know, they might want to have water gun wars or balloon water fights or a, a dunking booth day. I mean, they're going to come up with all kinds of stuff. And you'll be like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Let's do it. So involve your residents in the resident event planning but also don't wait until the last minute to plan your events. Not only will you get lower attendance, but it's going to cost you a fortune because you're like, you're, you're buying things from 
random places. You're trying to get them there quicker. They're not going to be streamlined. Um, it won't look as good. So I like to try to plan my events not only on an annual basis, but I'll, you know, I'll plan them out on an annual basis, but I'll also look at them quarterly and then again monthly. So I'll look at them at the beginning of the month and say, okay, do I really want to do this this month? Okay, yeah, we'll do this this month. So I don't necessarily, just because I said it at the beginning of the year, it doesn't mean I'm going to have to do it for the rest of the year. So um, just because I said it in January, I want to do grocery bingo in November, doesn't mean I'm going to have to do it. So um, something to keep in mind. So definitely doing an annual marketing plan, something to keep in mind, and doing resident surveys to um, involve your residents. And if you are using Modern Message, make sure you, if you're having events, make sure you do a custom event so that they get points for attending your events. That makes them more likely to come. So if you guys have questions on that, let me know. And then um, on resident events, you know, there's, make sure you're, you're, you're looking at um, the national holidays. Those are all really fun. But um, I know everybody can't do three events per month, but, you know, if you're doing one event per month, make sure that it's, you know, month appropriate or, you know, seasonal appropriate. So, um, but I think getting people involved, obviously food's involved, they're going to be there. Um, and something that's for everyone. So as long as it's not exclusive, exclusive to one type or the other. Uh, you know, pool parties are fantastic. They're going to get huge resident involvement. Um, holiday parties are fantastic, huge resident involvement. Um, so, you know, we can all brainstorm in the group for annual um, resident event involvement. So, but definitely those things will get you more resident event. And also, let me add, any event that you do, make sure that you're posting it on your social media. Make sure that you're putting an event in your Facebook and um, an actual event so that they can put that they're interested. And that will remind them. And it also will say, you have events coming up nearby. So even if they haven't said that they're interested, and it will also show people that don't live there that there are events nearby them. So that's really cool. So make sure that you're using the events um, option in Facebook. And then also make sure you guys are using Instagram and Instagram stories and Facebook stories. So, you know, make a Facebook story that is an invite to your event and start doing it, you know, I would say twice a week to um, get people excited about your event. So you know, reminder, hey, our event is August 13th. Make sure you put it on your calendar. And of course, printable things, in my opinion, are still relevant. I'm still going to do something door to door. Um, unless you're a thousand doors, something like that. I know that's really, really hard to do. If you're something like that, couple it with something that you've got to do anyway. Like um, if you've got a notice that has to go out for something else, always couple those things. But Door-to-door -door always gets the win, always gets the attention. Um, if you have a newsletter, you know, make sure it's in that. But if you have a newsletter, make sure you put everything in it together. That way you're not 
doubling everybody's work with delivering everything. But um, resident newsletters, I want to say too, just for um, everybody, make sure we keep the newsletters. I would keep the newsletters positive. So many newsletters I see are don't do this, don't do that. We see you doing this, don't do that. The newsletters should really try to stay positive. Um, I try to keep those just something you can hang on the refrigerator and it be fun and nice and not a chastising thing. Um, maybe one spot could be like, hey, let's try to remember not to leave our trash outside our door, um, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I try to keep the newsletters as positive as, and fun as possible. And also you can email the newsletter. So if you don't print those out, but I still really love a good printable. So, all right, guys. I'm going to wrap up and then I wanted to remind everyone that my next podcast I'm recording tomorrow with Ann Sadovsky, all about fair housing, ESAs, and service animals. So I'm so excited. I'm going to ask her a million questions. I've been dying to answer, dying to get answers to. So I'm so excited. So make sure that you're subscribed because that's going to be the very next podcast. And make sure you guys head over to pmamgroup.com. That is where our Facebook group website now is. All right, guys, thanks for joining me on my very first solo podcast. I appreciate you guys hanging in there with me. Have a great leasing week, guys.